if I wanted to go swimsuit shopping that I needed to try on my swimsuit in front of my dad and ask him if I was a distraction. I could get married when I would be 14 and I wouldn't be able to get divorced until I turned 18. And then he pulls out this like silver key from James Avery and he says that it's my courtship key and like he's gonna give it to my husband when I get married because it's my virginity. The fundamental Christian homeschool movement had a huge impact on the evangelical community in the late 90s and early 2000s. The shiny happy people cult is probably the most notorious part of this movement, but it was really just the tip of the iceberg. Our guest today is here to tell us all about her experience growing up in the isolated and restrictive environment of a fundamental Christian homeschool family. Taylor, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to hear about your story. I know you didn't grow up specifically in the shiny, happy people cult, but what a lot of people don't really know or understand is that there were so many organizations that were very similar to Bill Gothard's cult IBLP. And you were, you were very much a part of that growing up, right? Uh, yeah, very much so. Um, my mom was like really into James Dobson and um, Billy Graham, um, all of that. I was homeschooled, never went to school ever until I went to college. Oh, you never went to a public school at all or even a private no, school? Never. Same. Yeah. All the way through through high school. Never darken the doors of a public academic facility. Uh, James Dobson. Yeah, that one. That one I'm very familiar with. That was uh, focus on the family, right? Yes. My mom loved focus on the family. That was everything. Just focus on the family all the time. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. All their uh, entertainment publications <laughs> that they had. Yes. They're fantastic. Like um, Adventures in Odyssey, which yep. was the highlight of the day because I wasn't allowed to watch TV or I listened to the radio, except for I could listen to Adventures at, on Odyssey on Focus on the Family at, I think it was like at 8 p.m. every night. And that was like what I got to listen to. <laughs> Mr. Whitaker and the gang from Adventures <laughs> yes. in Odyssey. Yeah. Oh, yes. homeschoolers were obsessed with that series. I remember one of my buddies had like these cassette volumes <laughs> of adventures and odyssey they were they came in like this plastic case and it would just have all the adventures and odyssey tapes and he would play them on his walkman <laughs> i had all of them and i had the cds too oh wow my mom would take me to the christian bible store and that's like she would buy them for me that was like my christmas present yeah adventures and odyssey veggie tales was another big one at the time um, oh my god but veggie tales i, I feel like veggie tales was actually actually cool Adventures in Odyssey got a little weird. It was very entertaining, but there there were there were some weird aspects of Adventures in Odyssey. They got really caught up in the satanic panic in Adventures in Odyssey, and like so did my mom, like because they even had like the episodes they're supposed to be about, like um, what was that game, that board game, Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, there uh -huh. was that Adventures in Odyssey, the cauldrons and castles or something yeah. like that, and they were like, if your child plays any games like. Dungeons and Dragons, they will be possessed by the devil. And that was like yeah. said at the end of the tape. Cause I remember like we listened to it and my, it was like, okay, like there was like a disclaimer at the beginning, like you have to have an adult present to decide if they can, you can listen to this. And it was just about them playing a board game. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was Dungeons and Dragons could summon demons, uh, rock music, mm -hmm. anything with, with a backbeat uh, as they called it could summon a demon as well. There were all kinds of weird things that apparently, you, you know, could get you, possessed by the devil that just reminded me of something is once um so my mom always took us to go see these weird us i mean me <laughs> these weird um the, you know this ministers and stuff like that there was this man she was obsessed with we read one of his books in a bible study i'm trying to remember the name of it but he claimed to have been at the time the most powerful medium in europe and that like he could like summon demons to come and like ectoplasm would come out of the walls. Like he was speaking at a church because quote, Jesus saved him. This was like during the satanic like panic thing. I was a little, little kid, huh. but I remember it. And he was an old man and he had a record player and he had these records he pulled out and he said that he had recorded them from seances that he had done and he would play them and they were these like warbled like sound. Like, and he was like saying that Jesus saved him from a life of like, 
like being around demons and ectoplasm pouring out of walls and all this stuff so that he could share his ministry to like be safe. I've never heard of that. This was like a a guy that went on a speaker circuit, basically. Yes. I'm trying to remember his name. I think it was something Alexander and he had a book, something called like out of darkness or out of the darkness, something very cheesy named. And I remember we read it in our Bible study and it was very serious. Everybody took it very, very seriously. And, but now when I'm an adult, my thing is because everybody was so terrified then, but now if somebody told me they could like make ectoplasm come out of the wall and like a demon come out, I would say, go do it. <laughs> Let's Let see it. See. I want Sounds to see. cool. <laughs> Show me. Were you allowed to celebrate Halloween growing up, Taylor? No. No. Same. Oh, no. Because that was also very steeped in satanic ritualism. Yeah. I wasn't even allowed to dress up to go to like a fall festival things or anything like that. Oh, really? Not even like a trunk or treat situation? No. Nothing, huh? I wow. Could, I could go, but I couldn't. Well, I could go if it was at church, but I couldn't dress up. I okay. don't know why. Because it was in celebration of it. I, I know that for us, it was, you know, everyone would, in the fundamental Christian community, they would refer to Halloween as All Hallows Eve. Uh, and then it was the number one day of the year for satanic activity. Um, mm-hmm. And it just uh, was completely off limits uh, for my yeah. family uh, until Same. until we got out of the shiny, happy people cult. Now, now my family loves Halloween. Uh, I just oh wasn't God. allowed to celebrate it growing up. Yeah, every- <laughs> Me all, all my nephews have a blast on Halloween now. But yeah, no, when I was growing up, uh, absolutely not. How did your family get into homeschooling? My mom said that God told her to homeschool me. If she, or my, This is exactly what she said. She said that if God told her if she had another kid, she would have to homeschool it. That's what she always said. Because really? I would cry and cry and cry. And I was like, please, I just want to go to regular school. And she would say no. That she promised God she would homeschool her child? Yes. The next, because I have two brothers that went to regular school and then I, I was homeschooled, but they were a lot older than me. Oh, I see. So you had older siblings that had a normal educational experience and you were just the lucky one. Yeah, but they were already in high school when I was born. So they were significantly older than me. Oh, how interesting. Okay. Yeah. Now, was your family, did, did, did you go to church your whole life or, or was it yes. separate from your church? Oh, okay. So this was very much a part of your church life as well. Yes, exactly. Yeah. My mom like sort of got, I don't know when my brothers got older for some reason, like she got like really, really, really into God. Like she felt like, like really into it, like with the homeschooling and stuff like that with me, like it's crazy. Was your homeschooling a a big part of your church life as well? (laughs) Yes, it was my homeschool like group. We had our own like homeschool Bible study. Like it was our own little homeschool, everything. We all went to church together. We went to field trips together. We did everything together, everything. Now that's kind of interesting because that's, that's very different from, from how it was in the shiny, happy people cult, right? Like my, so my family, we did home church for a little while with a a couple other families from the cult. Um, but for the most part, we went to regular churches. Uh, in fact, we were always the, the weird ones at our (laughs) churches, but, but y'all fit right in because it was, it was part of that church experience for you. We went to a regular church, but we had our own separate like Bible study there too. So there were normal people there at the church, <clears throat> but like we definitely were weird for sure. But there was like in our youth group, it was about like kind of half and half, I think homeschooled and then not so, but we were definitely really weird. <laughs> yeah, y'all, y'all were still the weird ones, but at least you had some, some weird friends that that knew what was going on as well right like i i think there was maybe one other homeschool family in the church that i went to for you know most of my life so i was always the the outcast right i was never allowed to go to the youth group i couldn't attend you know the the teen camps or or any of the you know church sponsored parties for young people i wasn't allowed to do any of that stuff unless my parents were allowed to go with me like that was the mm. only way I could participate in any of the kids' activities at church is if my parents were also there. Same. That's how my mom was. Because so the one thing that sucks about like if you're homeschooled, even if you're in a homeschool group at a church or something, that doesn't mean that all the other kids are going to necessarily be your age. So like, <laughs> you know, might not really have anybody like really to hang out with or talk to. 
Um, but I wasn't able to do stuff with the youth group until I was like a little bit older. Like I think you could do stuff when you were a freshman in high school with the youth group, but my mom didn't let me till the following year, but it was always if she was like there too. Mm -hmm. But for even when I was younger, like church camps, whatever, my mom always had to go, always a parent had to be there no matter what, like your whole church time growing up. Yeah, and it didn't matter if they were chaperones or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It was specifically one of your parents had to be there to supervise, essentially. Yes, yeah. always. It didn't really matter. It didn't really make a difference. It had to, they always had to be there. And it was, oh my God, it gave me such bad anxiety. I felt like I always had, like somebody was just like watching me. Like I couldn't make a single move ever mm -hmm. because they wouldn't even just be normal mad. They'd be extra mad because we were at church or something. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Oh, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I mean, very similar experience there. For the shiny, happy people cult, I mean, we had so many crazy, strict rules that we had to follow. The no dating, uh, women wearing dresses, no rock music. Obviously, you know, that was a, a big deal for you as well. <laughs> did, yeah. Did you, did you have some of the, the same rules uh, as part of your homeschool experience? Uh, yeah, for sure. A lot of my clothes were homemade for a long time in the beginning. Okay. Um, so that was real cute. <laughs> they look like those like pilgrim dresses. Uh -huh. um, and then when I started getting older, my mom didn't have time to like make my clothes as much and stuff anymore. So I had to be, I couldn't show my shoulders. Everything had to be covered like you know, to the knee, I couldn't show any, no midriff, no belly button, nothing could be immodest. Right. Um, yeah, it was pretty, pretty strict. Like even my youth minister would say that if I wanted to go swimsuit shopping, that I needed to try on my swimsuit in front of my dad and ask him if I was a distraction. You had to swimsuit shop with your dad? This is what my youth minister told me. My youth minister said that I have to go swimsuit shopping with my dad to make sure that I'm not a distraction. That's so weird and creepy. Why Why not your mom? Why <laughs> specifically your dad? Because you were raised when you're a little, when you're a girl growing up in this kind of place, when you're a child, it doesn't matter if you haven't even hit puberty yet. If you're a girl, you're taught you can't make a man sin or be, you can't be a distraction for a man. So that's why you have to cover up and you can't be immodest because it doesn't matter what age you are. That That's just so bizarre because basically that's implying that by trying the swimsuit on in front of your dad, it was almost like he was observing and objectifying you to determine would this make another man lust, right? And that's just so creepy. That was the whole thing, though, about all these weird fundamentalist churches, though. All of it was like that, about, like, the dad holding on to, like, his daughter's virginity. It, mm -hmm. it was so gross. That was, like, the whole courtship thing and everything. I remember I was 14 when I, my dad took me out to eat, and we didn't really have a good relationship, you know, because he was, like, this, like, strict, like, the disciplinarian type. <clears throat> so we had like the most awkward dinner of just silence. And then he pulls out this like silver key from James Avery. And he says, that it's my courtship key. And like, he's going to give it to my husband when I get married. Cause it's my virginity. Oh, and so like, weird. I was like, Oh, that's so gross. <laughs> oh my God. So he basically just showed you the key, but then he held on to it. Yeah. He probably still has it. That's just so strange. Uh, I mean, obviously, you, you know, purity rings or promise rings or, or whatever were, you know, popular throughout, you know, religious circles. Uh, but that specifically having essentially a virginity key that your dad possesses is just so weird. Yeah. So James Dobson like wrote this whole like courtship book that my mom like followed and stuff like that. So. Um, with courtship, you're not allowed to date or be alone with the other person ever. Your families have to date together. And if you're a woman, your um, your dad decides like uh, who to match you with. Mm -hmm. And then you co-family date and you do Bible studies together um, like all the time. And it's weird because <sighs> you don't, you know, it's just confusing because like, you know, like. You don't really know what's going on, but you do. And there's a lot of pressure and it's like, oh my God. Yeah. And you can never spend any one-on-one -on -one time with this person that you're supposed to be courting, that you're supposed <laughs> to be in a relationship with. And that, that is the, the really strange thing about courtship is it's essentially 
just arranged marriage for fundamental oh, Christians. Yeah. Yeah, for I, sure. I didn't know James Dobson had written a book about it. The The book that, uh, that our group always referenced was, um, I kiss dating goodbye, uh, <laughs> by Josh Harris. Um, so he wrote, I kiss dating goodbye. It was all about courtship, the rules of courtship kind of, you know, shared his experience, uh, courting a, a woman that he later, later married. Uh, and then he wrote mm -hmm. the follow up book, uh, boy meets girl or wait, Actually, I think I Kissed Dating Goodbye was just kind of the rules of courtship. And then Boy Meets Girl was more so about his experience courting uh, the woman who would eventually become his wife. So, mm -hmm. you know, the, these books were like kind of the definitive guide for us on courtship. But the, the funny thing, well, I don't know if it's funny necessarily. The <laughs> ironic thing um, is that uh, Josh Harris, the, the guy that wrote these books, um, he, he married the woman that he wrote about. He became a pastor, uh, but then years later, he first disavowed the books, um, said that he he no longer endorsed the books, took them out of publication. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. Then he quit his job as a pastor, um, eventually got divorced from his wife, uh, and last I heard, he is now an atheist. Uh, yeah. So the guy that wrote <laughs> these books that everyone followed uh, for, you know, how to, to court in modern America. I, I mean, this guy doesn't even believe in the stuff he wrote anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I think it just kind of shows how backwards and messed up this whole purity culture and, and courtship culture really is. Yeah, it's super, super disgusting to think about, like, as a 14-year-old kid that your dad is telling you that he has your virginity in, in his hand like that. It's, like, so gross. And now as an adult, I didn't realize for the longest time, like, I've never wanted to get married. And I just made the realization, like, oh, that's why. Because, like, I had such horrible anxiety about the whole thing from, like, being a little kid. Like, marriage wasn't, like, this fun thing, you know, because, you know, whatever. It was so stressful and just, ugh. And then so I'm like, no, I don't want to get married. No, oh, thanks. <laughs> well, yeah, and I mean, that makes perfect sense. Why that holds no interest for you at all? Because instead of being able to, you know, pursue someone that you're attracted to or interested in, you know, you're basically just getting assigned a future husband because yeah. that's what courtship really is especially for the woman right for a man it's a little bit different uh like if i you know we're, we're still part of that environment right i could you know see a, a, a girl or a woman that i was interested in and then i could tell my dad hey i'm interested in pursuing this woman and then typically speaking my dad would talk to the girl's dad or I would talk to the girl's dad to let them know that I was interested in courting their daughter with the intention of getting married, right? Because that was very important. This isn't just a casual dating thing. This is, we think that this would be a good fit for marriage. That was always yeah. the intent of courtship. Um, and so as, as, a, as a male, I would have some say in that, but for you as a female, you didn't have any say at all. No, and what a lot of people don't realize, too, is here in Texas and then in a bunch of other states, you know, um, so as a woman, uh, I could get married when I would be 14 and I wouldn't be able to get divorced until I turned 18. And what a lot of people don't realize how dangerous uh, things like that are, especially in these sorts of um group like toxic mindsets you know where this is okay the law needs to be changed and there's been several times where it's been brought to like different judges and stuff like that that would have like power to change it and they're like no we'll keep it mm. which is also super disgusting i didn't really even consider that taylor but I, I as far as i know you're exactly right you could you could get married with your parents permission at 14 is what you're saying mm -hmm. but then you wouldn't have the power to make a decision about divorce until you were 18. Mm -mm. You would not be able to get divorced. So you could marry somebody that would be um, horribly abusive to you and just be stuck for four years and you couldn't do anything about it. Oh my God. And then even at that point, like most people that are, were that grow up in this, like are so, we just get so brainwashed mm -hmm. to think a certain way, like 
I don't know, when I was homeschooled, I didn't really like learn too much stuff, <laughs> like homeschooling stuff. And I feel like it was more like, oh, this is how like you learn how to be a wife. This is how you learn how to like submit to somebody and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, you weren't receiving an academic education at all. It was just life skills of a homemaker. Um, well, we did, I did like we, I did like a Becca and stuff like that, but it was more so like that was like, if you think about like, if you go to school from like eight to three, I did like school for like all my classes we've got done in like an hour, like math, English, whatever history, da, 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 like about an hour. That was about as much time I spent doing that kind of stuff a day. And then how much would you spend on, you know? practical well I, I say practical life skills but let's say homemaker life skills quite a bit like that was taught like stuff like that for sure hmm. that was like a big focus it's just like, um it's just so it's tragic how women um and girls are treated in these fundamental christian environments uh the the courtship yeah. stuff uh, the educational stuff the rules that y'all are subjected to, the scrutiny that you're constantly under, it just, it's infuriating um, looking back oh, at yeah. some of it. I mean, obviously that was our life growing up. We didn't know any different. Uh, but now looking back at it, it's just like, what what the hell was going on? Yeah, and it's like so many people could get away with things like just because of like for religious purposes, you know, um, like even when I, when I got older, I went to Bible college, which really isn't like any college, but one of the professors would start his class every day for like the first 10 minutes, at least talking about how Jesus saved him from his addiction. And he was old. He was like this old man, like he's like 50 or something. That's how he would start his lecture. Yeah. By talking about how Jesus saved him from his addiction. What? Yeah, and he'd go on and on and on and on and on about it. And then, um, so I had just turned 18, and then he would corner me in the cafeteria, and he would tell me, like, how beautiful he thought I was and stuff. And he would do that to me, like, every day. But it was, nobody thought of anything about it. Like, it was fine, you know? This was at Bible college. Yeah, after so. After his lecture, he would then corner you in the cafeteria to essentially shower you with compliments? Mm -hmm. to tell me how beautiful he thought I was. And then he would even ask other people too, once he like sat down at like our cafeteria, like the table thing. And then he asked a guy that was sitting across like over there, like, look at her, don't you think she's beautiful? And it was just like weird and awkward. And it's like, you're this horny old man, like go away, get out of here. And, and no one on staff did anything about it? No. And then, you know, at that time, I wasn't as outspoken as I am now. I was very quiet and I feel like I couldn't say anything ever. And so, you know, it's just like, I just sit there and be quiet and just say, like, oh, okay. Like, I just don't say anything. Well, and that's what you were trained to do as, as a female um, in, the, you know, this fundamental Christian environment. You don't have a voice. No. Um, your responsibility is to submit to authority. And so this mm -hmm. professor was absolutely an authority figure at the Bible college. And so it was just your training that was kicking in probably, you know, where you don't get oh, to yeah. speak out against it or correct oh, him. No. no, even like before, like here's an earlier example is once we were my youth minister, it was like our church youth group. We were like driving somewhere and um, we were like driving through different states. So we had to like spend nights at like different churches that would let us like spend the, like sleep there overnight. And there was one church and our youth minister got us all together and he was like, okay, I want everybody to understand that like, we're just staying here because, um, they're letting us stay here and we have to be respectful to them, but they have a female minister here and we all know that's not okay. And da, 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 and they're just letting us stay here. So blah, blah, blah. But he wanted us to know that it was not okay that this church had a female minister. Basically had to give so. you the disclaimer that mm -hmm. even though you know, we're, we're taking advantage of their hospitality. We still vehemently disagree with the idea of a woman in any kind of church leadership position. Yes, completely. <laughs> like it was like, not okay. Yeah, of course not. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and I mean, that's, that's par for the course. Um, I, I would say in uh, across the, the conservative Christian community, uh, is the exclusion of women from leadership positions in the church, right? Yes, completely. But especially in these fundamental churches like like you and I grew up in. Um, mm -hmm. Well, actually, I, I didn't really grow up in a fundamental church per se. Um, 
my family was just very fundamental. Your church, Same. I think your church was probably a lot more conservative than mine was actually. I think that it was pretty conservative in the beginning, but then they had this big divide over um, the whole speaking in tongues thing. Oh. Uh, yeah. And so it originally started out like super fundamentalist. But so because my grandma was from Japan, she couldn't speak in tongues, obviously. I mean, nobody can speak in tongues. It's gobbledygook. But um, so the church like split in half over it. And my mom said, oh, okay, well then that means the only people who could speak in tongues were the last people that touched Jesus. And so we're going to go to this other church. So yeah, well, so we remain still like really fundamental, but they like, so we were just sort of forced to go to this other side of it just because of the speaking in tongues people, you know how they are. <laughs> oh yeah. They were all over there. I mean, because mm -hmm. my, my church didn't do that at all. Um, really? no, no, we, we didn't have the speaking in tongues. We didn't have the slain in the spirit. Um, we, we didn't do any of that stuff. We were, we were very traditional. It was a very traditional church, but it was oh, still okay. a, a pretty progressive church. Uh, like I see. having the youth groups and, and, and all that fun stuff. But we also, um, the church that I grew up in, um, they weren't allowed to have instruments as part of the music. It was all acapella. Yeah, I think it's weird how some of these churches have all these weird rules. Like some you can sing, some you cannot dance, some mm -hmm. you can ha sing but no instruments, and you can dance. And then it's what? Yeah. Some you have to wear dresses, and it's like, what is happening? Well, that's their their special thing mm -hmm. that makes them unique, right? And allows them to say, well, we have an absolute monopoly on the truth. Mm -hmm. We have it, not y'all because we can sing and dance or we don't sing and dance that makes us right. I, I yes. mean, I, I feel like that's what it is. It's, I, I think it's just a control mechanism, right? It is just like all the rules that we grew up with, um, you know, in this, in this fundamental Christian environment, uh, all those rules were just ways to control us. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like especially a lot of them were made to like control women, I feel like because we have the babies. So they have to control the ones that make the population. So I feel like women were very heavily, um, very, very heavily controlled. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that was that was a huge part of the shiny, happy people cult was the the concept of quiverful. Right. Mm -hmm. Have as many babies as you possibly can so that we can raise up an army of young people to influence the world for Christ. Oh, yeah. Well, I had a homeschool family that I knew that had like eight kids or something like that, that I used to like have to like babysit them. They were one of them. The oldest one was like a year younger than me. And so I would babysit. <laughs> it's like what? Yeah. <laughs> But that's how it was like with these homeschool groups like this, like the children were like, you had to be little adults. Like you were responsible for each other. Like you mm. couldn't be a little kid. That's so true. I think a lot of people will look at homeschool kids and recognize immediately these, these kids are weird. Uh, right. Yeah. And, and it's because uh, one uh, there, there's a, you know, an aspect of socialization that, that these kids probably haven't gotten, especially if uh, they were homeschooled in a, in a fundamental Christian environment, right? But the expectations on on these kids is insane. The mm -hmm. discipline that that these children are, are going through a lot of times, right? Oh, yeah. um, expected to be extremely mature for their age. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you really, you don't have the the, the most interaction that, that we had as, as homeschool kids was with other adults. Mm -hmm. And it was almost like a point of pride for our parents that we didn't relate to other kids, right? Because we were so well-educated and we were so spiritual that, you know, we just, we just didn't relate to, to normal mm -hmm. kids because we're, we're so far advanced. Yeah, exactly. That's a, that's like exactly how it was. Like I knew how to, have an adult i still even like talking to people like around my age are like i don't know how to talk to you <laughs> i mean i think a lot of that kind of stuff sticks with us through the years right mm -hmm, for sure it totally does like it took me so long i had such horrible social anxiety for so long until like in my 20s or something like that i finally was able to like not have 
I still have it, but not as bad like then. Oh my God. I feel like I couldn't even talk back then. Did, did your family had a lot, have a lot of the same, um, very intensive over the top disciplinary measures too. I was like too scared to get in trouble. <laughs> really? So I didn't like really do anything. Once I did sneak out of the house once when I was in high school and then I got grounded for a literal an entire year. And that was like, no, nothing. I had nothing for a whole year. Wow. An entire year you got grounded for sneaking out of the house in high school. Yeah. So you just had to stay inside. You were only allowed to go to church. I'm assuming. I could go to, and I, well, I was a ballet dancer, so I could go to ballet because I was in a homeschool ballet like, uh, like thing. And I was a, like, a, uh, I did that. So I could go do ballet and then, um, then that was it in church. Wow. So you, you went through high school at home, uh, mm -hmm. being homeschooled in this very isolated, restrictive environment. Then you get to, to Bible college. Um, it sounds like you, you probably had some issues there with, with some of the staff. Um, uh, yeah. how was that experience out, outside of the, the one weird professor? So I got kicked out of Bible college oh. the week before <laughs> school was supposed to be over. And it was like the week of my birthday and my parents were coming up too. And oh my God. Yeah. I got kicked out. Um, because ever like when you go to Bible college and you're a girl, you're not going to Bible college to go to college. You're going to, right. and even if you're going there, you're not like going to college. Like if you're a man, mm -hmm. um, so like you're going there to get a husband. Exactly. And, um, so I went, every, all the other girls there were just like, not fun. And the one girl that was, she was like, not normal. She was crazy party girl, but she was like the one where I'm like, okay, if I want to go to a party, like she'd be the one I would go to. And I went with her and we both got kicked out, but she got expelled, expelled. And I was allowed to stay because I had a meeting with the president of the college alone. We both did. And I said, well, like, what if I get baptized? Like, will you let me stay? And, um, he said, yes. So I got baptized and then he let me stay and finish, but my parents were so mad at me. Oh my God. They were so mad. Wait. So your friend got expelled entirely, mm -hmm. um, for, because y'all were, were partying too hard, essentially. Well, uh, you were allowed to, we had a curfew. We had a 10 PM curfew. You had a curfew at college. Yeah. We had a 10 PM curfew. And wait, this we was right before graduation. So you'd been there for what four years at this point no that's was my year first year oh this I was, was first year okay i'm sorry okay so i guess i mean freshman curfew i, I guess that that kind of makes sense um uh, but getting kicked out for well, missing they curfew you, they look they lock you out of the building oh wow so y'all were just stuck outside and no 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 it wasn't like that but i'm just saying like we had, would have a curfew to go in we didn't get caught that way we got caught by just like her talking about it oh, too much. Oh, so she was. <laughs> she was running her mouth, and I kept telling her, "Like, stop talking about it." You gotta quit telling everyone how much fun we're having. They're gonna get mad. Yeah, basically, and um, she didn't, and then she got kicked out, and we only went out once. That was it. So she got expelled, but you agreed to to get baptized. And I'm assuming you'd already been baptized at this point, so you're just getting rebaptized. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got baptized when I was six, I think. And then think this so. one was supposed to wash away all the party sins yeah, so that you could continue going to Bible college. That's crazy. <laughs> I know, but it stroked his ego and it worked. And then he let me finish because what he said was if I didn't, if I got kicked out, he told me he, he wasn't going to let me keep any of my college credits. Well, so I did that. I'm thinking I was going to be smart. And then I find out, well, you know what? There are no... Um, Nobody cares about Bible college credits. Like nobody cares about Bible Old Testament history. Right. Yeah. So those aren't going to transfer and mean anything anywhere else, right? No, definitely not. And then by the time I did, like after the year after that, I, when I was 19, I did go to a regular college and then I had a horrible panic attack and I like just quit going because I couldn't handle it because I had never been in an environment like that. You finish up at Bible college, go to a regular college and then realize, oh, this is, this is real academic work. Mm -hmm. And you have not been prepared for that at all with your homeschool experience, with your Bible college experience. So immediately just had this panic attack. Well, I was going to school for a while and then eventually I just couldn't handle it because I was going to a university and there was like a really, because my GPA was super high from being homeschooled. Like I was like, everything was, all everything was super high, but I wasn't used to having like 
all these classes and all all of this workload all at once you know i wasn't used to it and then i just after a while i just had a panic attack and i quit going did, did your parents have anything to say about you dropping out of regular university so it all sort of happened around the same time as that I started like dating a girl. And so when I was 19, my parents filed to get um, power of attorney over me and then they wanted to send me to conversion camp. So I had to run away. So that was also part of the reason why I like dropped out of college and like freaked out because my parents wanted to send me to a conversion camp. At 19, as an adult, yeah. making your own decisions, your parents wanted to Basically, they tried to Britney Spears you on that one. Well, I wasn't allowed to make my, you were, you're not allowed to make your own decisions because like I wasn't married or anything, mm -hmm. you know, um, and I was still like too young, uh, too young. And so, yeah, my, um, I don't know how that all worked out or anything like that. I really don't know. Um, so that is the point at which you left university. All of this is happening at the same time. Parents trying to send you to conversion camp. You trying to date a girl having the panic attack about not being, you know, not being able to function in a normal academic environment mm -hmm. and then you just take off. Yeah. And so, um, I was friends with this gay guy and he was like, okay, it'll be fine. Just come and live with me. And we did. And then he went up stealing all of, I was, I started, I got a job bartending and working at the mall and then, um, he stole all my money for drugs and then got me evicted. got us evicted. Like I came home one day and there was a padlock and he had took all of my stuff and like left, but the landlord was really cool and understanding and very nice. And so that like brought me and my parents back together because I had to call them because I didn't have anybody else to talk to call about that. Oh, I and see. So, I mean, you just couldn't catch a break at this point. <laughs> no, it was really horrible. Like it was, I was like, oh my God, what is happening right now? It was crazy. So how old were you at this point where you got padlocked out of your own apartment because your roommate used the money to pay for drugs? I might've been a little over 20 okay. around there. I wasn't 21 though. Cause I had a fake ID. I used, it wasn't fake. It was somebody else's driver's license, but I returned 21 a little shortly after my parents and I reconciled. So it's, it's kind of all that blurred together time. You know what I mean? Cause so much yeah. happened. So, it, but it, it's all that that span between 2021. Yeah, we call that trauma brain, uh, <laughs> <laughs> where you can't remember uh, stuff you probably should remember uh, because your brain just doesn't register, um, you know, what happened in that time period. I've, I've got the same issue where I, I can't remember. Um, I, I mean, there's there's whole like long stretches of time that, that I can't remember at all. Yeah, me too. I don't remember lots of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so you did end up reconciling with your parents. So you, so yes, you actually have a, a relationship with them now. Now I do, yes. Back then it was still a lot more strained. It's definitely a lot better now, like the last few years than it has ever been. So that's really, really good. So that's good. Have your parents ever apologized uh, for, for what they put you through? Oh, uh, they thought they think that they were doing the right thing. Still, they still think they were that. doing the right thing. It's like for a long time I was mad because there was a lot of stuff that was really horrible that I went through with church and everything like that, and um, and so for a long time I was really mad. But you know, it's like they really didn't mean to. They really did think they were doing the right thing. So it's kind of hard because it it's really all it's. It's, I feel like they, they're taken advantage of by these other people, like, because they listen to these other people hours of like authority and they listen to what they were saying, you know, and they thought that they had the best intentions for them when they didn't, you know, so they thought they were doing the best for me. You know, a lot of the stuff that, that James Dobson talked about, wrote about, um, it all comes from the same place, uh, as what Bill Gothard talked about. Mm-hmm these extremely strict rules, almost impossible rules. Uh, it, it's like the, the stuff they were teaching was setting you up to fail, right? But it all came from the, the same place and it all came from this very conservative, fundamental Christian mm -hmm. ideology. Oh yeah, for sure. And then they, they would send you to all these training camps, like the um, Worldview Christian Academy that mm -hmm. you could start going to when you're in high school. I used to go to that every summer. And that is just crazy. I used to go to the one at Baylor University. And um, I looked on their website, they still have one here in Texas, but I don't know if it's at Baylor. I hope not. Because I, I hope Baylor doesn't know what they're talking about, because they would lock us in a room and like, they would give us a scenario 
um, they have like a teacher and they would put us all in a room like at like 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. And then one of the scenarios was like, I am a gay atheist, make, convert me and make me straight. And then like you just have this Bible and then you're just there all day long saying no matter what. And he always has something to say bop, 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 back until like, you just want to like slam your head into a wall. And these were the kind of exercises that we were given because they wanted us to be like drilled. Like you knew what to say. You had an answer for everything. You could do this. You could do that. Bop, bop, bop. Yep. You could you could argue with anybody. You were right. They were wrong. No matter what, and you could prove it to them with mm-hmm. the Bible. And that's what they for like two weeks straight. Like every summer, that's what I would go to at Worldview Worldview Academy. These are some of the things that they would uh, make us do. Yeah, and I I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I didn't go to the. I, I was never able to or allowed to go to the academy, I guess. Um, I don't think my parents would have, you know, sent me to something like that out from under their supervision for two weeks. Um, but yeah, so I never went to the actual academy, but they had a curriculum that you could use at home. Um, mm-hmm. And that's actually what my parents did. So we had the Worldview Academy curriculum at home. So we were going through those same types of scenarios, writing these essays, basically learning learning how to debate anyone who didn't agree with us. Yeah, right? exactly. And you learn all about secular humanism and atheism and agnosticism um, and how to identify someone who doesn't believe the same as you and then how to tell them they're wrong. Yeah, right? exactly. And, and that was mm-hmm. the whole thing, like you described with the hypothetical scenarios. Um, I'm a gay atheist. Convert me. Well, yeah. that's that doesn't seem like the right approach. Maybe let's learn how to have healthy discussions. Why do you believe what you believe? Here's why I believe what I believe. No, in in the Worldview Academy courses, it was, here's how you tell these people they're just dead wrong. Yeah, it was like training for like little like like robots. Like that's all it was. It, it's, it's insane to me, the stuff that is still going on. And now if you look up their website, it's just something like, it says something like um, building tomorrow's leadership or it says something like that. It doesn't say anything about the Bible. Of course, it says something like that. Building tomorrow's leadership skills or some mm-hmm. stupid thing like that. If I'm not mistaken, I think that Worldview Academy was also very closely tied to the Joshua generation. Um, and, and that kind of came up in in the Shiny Happy People documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and essentially the idea behind the Joshua generation was making sure that, you know, we can infiltrate politics with our children, mm-hmm. right? So training them how to get into political office to essentially try to return America to a theocracy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and they, they did a lot of work, um, you know, trying to move that needle. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, it's almost, it's exactly like Scientology. <laughs> yeah. Very. I mean, there are so many similarities between the fundamental Christian homeschool movement, the shiny, happy people cult and Scientology. It's, it's, it's actually kind of scary. Uh, a lot of the same tactics, a lot mm-hmm. of the same control mechanisms, a lot of the same strategies, just different beliefs. Yeah, it's all fear and control and mm-hmm. power. <laughs> and- so now you're you're reconciled with your parents. Um, life is very different for you now, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Do you do you still have any difficulty with, you know, some of the the beliefs and indoctrination uh, that you experienced? growing up in this fundamental Christian group? Yeah, for sure. I feel like, I mean, I definitely, I don't believe in any of that stuff at all, but I will say like what's difficult is the conditioning, the Mm. control and the conditioning and um, the anxiety is definitely a big problem for me. Um, Learning how to like talk, say things is difficult for me say express what i'm thinking because um for so long it was just like you can't have feelings or you can't say this you can't say that like just you are this way you smile you sit you be happy Mm -hmm. for a lot of people it's a lifelong process um i think it still affects uh the relationships that i have especially relationships with women uh romantically (laughs) to be specific uh i have a hard time with that just because of the way that I grew up. No, I get it. I tend to, um, if I, I tend to myself be attracted to people that like are very controlling and it's very difficult 
uh, you know, to like try to not like fall into that. And then, you know, it just is something that just happens naturally, I guess I it's, but then it, then you think, Oh, like a lot of my friends, are, Oh, then you just leave a situation like that. But when you're so conditioned to like be used to being controlled and being told what to do, mm-hmm. then it's just so easy to fall back into that pattern again. Even if you go like several years without living that way, whatever, if you grow up that way, it's just so, I don't know. It's like a switch that falls off into your brain. Like, Oh, well time to, Go to Time to be again. submissive again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and and I, I think that's that's absolutely true. And I, I think there's there's probably a lot of people that grew up like you did that that have that same problem, women specifically, where mm-hmm. you were conditioned for so long uh that it's your job just to be meek and quiet <laughs> and submissive, um, mm-hmm. even when you're in a situation that could be potentially uh potentially dangerous. Yeah, exactly. And you just keep your mouth shut. Mm-hmm. But I know, I know your life is is very different today. Uh, yes, you, you actually uh, you make spicy content now. You have yes. a a spicy content website, which is so far removed <laughs> from that fundamental Christian upbringing. How, what is that like? You know, with the way that you were raised and the purity culture and the modesty and and everything that that went along with being a female. Uh, in this fundamental Christian environment, what is that like creating this spicy content now? It's really funny because it's a lot different than what a lot of people think. Um, most people want me to do stuff like SPH. SPH? Do you know what that is? I, I don't think I do. <laughs> small pp humiliation <laughs> basically they want me to just sit and laugh at their little pee <laughs> and laugh at the this is the kind of spicy content that you're making this is the high, most requested just being humiliated people pay you to <laughs> humiliate to, them they'll like to for me to hold my pinky up like this and to, <laughs> to go like this and then i laugh i mean that's got to feel kind of empowering you, you know oh like, god i love it growing up the way really, that you did i'm having to i'm trying so hard to, i'm trying to be very careful with what i'm saying because i don't want to say anything like the wrong word on accident so oh, thank like, you thank you so much yes so yeah a, a lot of people uh, a lot of a lot of gentlemen like uh, me to laugh at their um a small PP. It's the most requested thing. Wow. Usually about five times a, if I'm working five times a day that I work at least minimum. And they just want you to send these videos of you making fun of them. Or whatever this is, or tech, like, or like just type, like, can you just laugh at my like thing? Oh. <laughs> or videos of like laughing at their, I don't know, whatever. A lot of guys like it to be laughed, laughed at. That's, that is so bizarre. No, there's, here's the funniest part. There's one guy where he doesn't have a small, whatever it's normal, but he wants me to tell him that it is. And then laugh. He says, I know that it's not, but can you just pretend please? It's what I'm really into. What? So I just say that it's small. So it's not just people with a small PP and I've seen micro like smaller than my pinky. I've seen like this big, I've seen it was like this big before. They like and send you pictures of it so that you have a reference point to make fun of. Yeah, it's called like a oh, rating. Oh, weird. It's a okay. Can I say that word? Um, uh, uh, I think I know what it's you're talking about, right? Name. It's a name. Like it could be it's short for Richard. <laughs> oh, Richard yeah, there we go. A Richard rating. Richard. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So they'll do that. <laughs> So these are for like those. How much do they typically pay you for this kind of stuff? Um, you can subscribe if you want to know. <laughs> if you want to find out how much it would cost for Taylor <laughs> to make fun of you, to humiliate you on, a, on the most personal level, feel free to subscribe. y'all. <laughs> so there's content like that. Um, what, what other, you know, what other kind of stuff? do you do well like normal stuff too obviously there are people that like normal things but a lot of people like more weird things i feel like that go to the internet um there's like this one is called giantess giantess 
Yes. So like somebody will want to pretend to be a little bitty tiny person and then I have them in my hand and then I look at them and say, you're so small. You're like an ant. I could smash you like I'm God. And I smash them. And they're paying you to do this. (laughs) Can't make this stuff up. So bizarre. I mean, that's almost as weird as the cult that we grew up in. Uh, yeah. Or it's even weirder. A lot of like, I'll have a little Lego person. I nicknamed him Larry. I, um, <laughs> like people will like, it's very common. Like I'll just tell them that they're Larry and they want me to like put them in my pocket and they're stuck. And they're like, ah, like they want me to like make voices, like pretend that they're stuck and be like, what would I sound like trapped? Like, be, ah, help me. I'm stuck and I can't get out of your bra. What? This is just the kind of stuff that this is, this is so far from anything that I'm familiar with. It's just so crazy to me. <laughs> but I, like, as I'm thinking about this though, Taylor, the, the way that we grew up, right. And, and how dominant men were supposed to be. Uh, how they were the authority figure. They were in charge. You had to be uh, under their umbrella of authority. And now you're humiliating these guys. You're calling them tiny, that they fit in your pocket, and they love it. But you know what's so funny is like when I was younger, my dad sent me to all these Christian acting camps at Pensacola Christian College. Like oh, yeah. they had like these um, high school camps. And so now it's just funny. This is what I'm using my acting skills now for. <laughs> oh, man. I wonder if he regrets that at all. <laughs> I don't Do know. You're... We don't talk about it. Oh, okay. okay. I, was, I was about to say, they're, they're probably just intentionally, blissfully ignorant, don't know, right? Don't care. Don't ask, don't tell, right? Yep. Some of the stuff I think my mom, like, she'll think is funny, like the feet guys. I'll tell my mom about the feet guys because she doesn't care about those. Like she thinks those are funny. Like those are like weird. I'll tell you those. One guy wants me to scrape out underneath my toenails and put it on a tissue paper and sell it to him. Oh, that's so gross. That is disgusting, actually. You know that Mm -hmm. um, Bill Gothard, the the leader of the shiny happy people cult, uh, he was actually a big foot guy. Oh yeah. (laughs) Like that's what that was one of his things was playing footsie. Uh, with the girl that were the girls that were part of his inner circle. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. there are so many people that have talked about that, how he just loved rubbing feet together. And I'll tell you, there's somebody that are really into feet. Some of them can get real weird with it, more weird than other things I've ever encountered. So d- does working in this industry, the, the, the spicy industry, Taylor, d- does it feel empowering for you? Um, it, yeah, most of the time it does. Cause I, a lot of it is funny to me. It's funny to me that somebody, I enjoy it, but yeah, it is empowering. It's fun. I, I definitely like it. I have a lot of fun doing it. I feel like it makes some fun stories too. <laughs> oh yeah. And especially, you know, with your background growing up homeschooled in this cult like environment, um, mm-hmm. I'm sure the stories that you can share with, you know, some of these customers, they probably love that kind of stuff. Oh, you know, what's funny is like some guys like want me to like pretend that I'm dressing them up to a girl. A lot of guys will um, video uh, send me videos and pictures of them and um, uh, their girlfriend's clothes or their mom's underwear, like anything embarrassing. And then they um, want me to blackmail them. Really? Yeah, I have pictures um, guys have sent me in their girlfriend's clothes. I have a video of a guy that he sent me. He has um, a shoe. (laughs) Um, His name's Nicholas. He lives in Norway. (laughs) <laughs> anyways poor nicholas just no, got exposed he wants me to do that he wants me to oh. it's a thing we have in our contract <laughs> that you'll mention his name and where he lives as a means of public humiliation oh yeah mm-hmm. absolutely insane yeah that's what these people do and it's all down in writing whatever a lot of these people like that you know, you know what's you know what's interesting to me to, to think about is how many of the people that we grew up with had these same kinds of, um, let's call them desires, right? Mm-hmm. How many of the people that, that we went to church with 
um, that were in the cult that I was a part of, that were in the homeschool groups that you were a part of, have these same types of deviancies, right? And mm-hmm. and just were never allowed to explore them, never allowed to talk about them, obviously, um, because of the rules uh, and, and the indoctrination that was in place. Yeah, well, I think that's why a lot of people go to the internet. <laughs> that's true. I mean, you know, for me growing up as a kid, I, I didn't have access to the internet. Uh, oh, same, me either. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to go on the internet without extremely close supervision. There was actually a program uh, called Covenant Eyes that would yes. monitor what websites you were going to. So you couldn't get away with anything. Yeah, I know exactly. I meant like as an adult, I knew what you're talking about, the covenant eyes. Yeah, there was also one for the TV too that was supposed to bleep out any um, any not like G-rated words. Uh-huh, yeah. We had that too, but it didn't work. <laughs> you know, it's interesting growing up with the the strict rules that we had in place. It's almost like it's going to... It's almost like those rules would push you down a path of deviancy. Are you calling me a deviant? Oh, for sure, you're a deviant. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my but god! But no, I was, I was more so, I was more so referring to like, you know, a lot of the like the guys that I grew up with. I, I wonder. Oh yeah. That went to you know the the behavioral rehab uh, that I was in uh, for a couple months. Like I, I wonder how many of those guys you know turned out to be you know, turned on by, by humiliation, um, and, and stuff like what you're talking about, just because, you know, their, their childhood was, was so extreme. I will say there are a lot of like, very like, there are a lot of like people that are, have like high powered positions that do like things like that, which is really interesting. Or that they, they grow up in a very, or they're in a very controlled environment or they themselves are very controlled. Those are the people that tend to be more like that. Mm. Any sort of high control they want to be like humiliated and made fun of like if they have a position of high control they want to be controlled yes or if they are in some sort of environment like high power in any type of that type of environment a lot of them like to be like and i'm saying like they could eat whatever they deem as a high power like they could be a manager at a store right, right yeah like that's yeah. like their high power they don't have to be like these high-powered ceos or big businessmen but in their mind like they are, they are, are the they are the ones that dominate and they want their turn to be dominated right yes and that's exactly. where you come in <laughs> yeah okay interesting just because of how strict um you know this this fundamental Christian environment was you were never really allowed to explore anything related to your sexuality. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of us were just so in the dark, uh, about all of that kind of stuff. Like we, you know, you're not allowed to watch TV. You're not allowed to access the internet. Your, your mm-hmm. parents are always supervising. So you can't even really talk to friends about this kind of stuff. Uh, so you never really, you never really know what you're into. Um, because you're never allowed to, to experiment or explore it all. Um, Mm -hmm. so I, I, you know, I, I wonder how that affects a lot of people later in life, um, when they are finally allowed to be who, who they want to be. That is interesting. I don't know. You know, I was talking with, with somebody else about this, the, the guy that, um, ran the, the rehabilitation program that I was in, uh, with the shiny, happy people cult life focus is what it was called. The guy that, that ran this program. Um, it turns out that, uh, he was a, a closeted gay man, uh, the entire time. And he, he wasn't, he wasn't able to be his true self until years and years and years later. You know, it's funny that you say that is there's something else that a lot of these, a lot of these requests are is, um, uh, like a bi or gay encouragement. Like a lot of guys want me to encourage them the, to be with another man. A lot of them will be with, uh, they have a fiance, a girlfriend, a wife. And then like, they want me to make up a story, like uh, essentially about why it would be okay. And really? like want me to encourage them to do that. Because and they're just hiding from their true selves. Um, and, but it, what's also interesting to me is that it's a service they're requesting from a woman. Hmm. Two, but they're wanting me to encourage them to be with another man. Almost like you're giving them permission mm-hmm. to express their true feelings. 
Taylor, if, if people want to look up your spicy content, how can they find you online? I am on Instagram at boo boo birdie or at Kit Kat birdie. And that'll take you to the links. You can find everything you need uh, on her social media. Taylor, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me about um, about how you grew up in, I would call this um, an adjacent organization, right? Yeah. Uh, not necessarily a cult, but also, you know, yours was a unique experience because your homeschool experience your cult experience was very much a part of your church, which yeah. wasn't the same for me. wasn't the same for, uh, for my buddy Bryce, who is also a former member of the shiny, happy people cult, even the way that you grew up, it, it was, it was still very much this high demand, high control environment. Um, and, yes. and I hope that, you know, people who are hearing your story, you know, they, um, they feel inspired to, to either help themselves get out of that type of situation, recognize that it doesn't have to be a cult that you are in. It could just be a high demand, high control environment like Taylor mm -hmm. grew up in. I, I know that, uh, I know that there's some people that are, that are really going to identify with your story. So thank you again for, uh, for being a part of this y'all please like comment and subscribe, share this with your friends. Thank you so much for being here. We'll see you next week. We love you.